Lawyers always need to be on top of their game, or at least appear to be. It can feel overwhelming to recognize or admit when we aren't, and even harder to reach out and get help. Welcome to Sidebar, brought to you by North Carolina's Lawyer Assistance Program, where lawyers help lawyers by sharing their experience, strength, and hope as they delve into their personal journeys of recovery. Hi, I'm Candace Hoffman, the field coordinator with LAP. And I'm here with Laura Marr, who is a North Carolina and Oregon lawyer and the founder of Conscious Legal Minds, LLC, which provides well-being consulting, training, and resilience coaching for attorneys and law offices nationwide. We are so lucky that Laura is a longtime contributor to the sidebar with her mindful moments. And this quarter, her mindful moment is entitled Five Minute Procrastination Buster, which you can find the article linked in the show notes here today. Laura, thanks so much for being here. Thank you, Candice. It's great to be here again. Yes. And we are the beneficiaries of a very kind client of yours that has allowed you to share what she was going through and a really cool tool that you created for her. Yeah. So Allison is a great client and she brings to her sessions just an authentic experience of where she's at. And last week she came to me in session and said, Laura, I'm feeling really overwhelmed. I am a mom of two young twins. I'm going to grad school. I'm practicing real estate law during the day. And I have so much to do. I need some help getting in my body, like literally just landing in my body, trying to figure out where I am, what I'm doing and what I should do first. I feel that so deeply, (laughs) (laughs) that sense of overwhelm. And I really like what you talked about in this article, because we're talking about a procrastination buster. And you talk about the idea of the procrastination freeze that she was experiencing. And I really wanted you to talk more about that because typically when I hear the word procrastination, I think about, you know, this one item that I really don't want to do, that appellate brief that I don't want to draft. And so I'm kind of doing all these other things around it instead of getting started on it. But this idea of a procrastination freeze when we have so many things that we have to do. Can you talk more about what that is? Yeah, there's a couple of things that can be going on when we're experiencing procrastination. And in Allison's case, and in the case of a lot of attorneys that I talk to and work with, procrastination is happening because we have so much going on, we're not sure what to do first. And so it's literally like our brain is just spinning from too many thoughts going on. And so this procrastination buster can just help slow down the mind. And one of the ways that we slow down the mind is connecting in with our body because as lawyers, our minds just spin and they're like, I should do this or I should do that. Oh, I have so many things to think about when I'm trying to write this appellate brief and which argument should I make first? And so doing this technique that I'm going to lead you through, Candice, if you're willing, and then we'll let all the listeners go through, it's a way to get oriented, like literally just like stop the mental chatter, ask the system, you know, the system, when I'm talking about the system, I'm talking about the mind, you know, your thoughts, ask your body, which is part of your system, ask your emotions, which is part of your system. Just ask your system some really simple questions that can cut through the mental spinning and also the rumination. I would love to be everyone's favorite guinea pig. 
Right. I want to say one more thing before we get into sure. this is when I'm thinking about the freeze, when I'm talking about a procrastination freeze, I'm thinking about the nervous system state of freeze. And the freeze state in the nervous system is when our nervous system is responding to stimuli. And in this case, let's say for you, the appellate brief. So part of you wants to like dig in and, and do the appellate brief. There's probably other parts of you that are nervous about getting it done wrong, maybe some perfectionism that steps in. And so there may be parts of you that are kind of running away from doing the, the brief. And there might even be other parts of you that are so overwhelmed by doing the brief, you just kind of want to like throw in the towel and have somebody else do it or not even be a lawyer today or give up on the case entirely. So these are different parts of us. And when we have different parts of us that are mobilized toward a project, different parts of us that are mobilized away from the project, and then other parts of us that are just collapsing and not wanting to do the, the project at all, this is what we call a freeze, a nervous system state freeze. And this is what I oftentimes see in procrastination is that part of us is feeling anxious about not getting the thing done, while another part of us is anxious about getting it done and doing it wrong. And so it can put our nervous system into a freeze state. This process that I'm going to lead you through and lead listeners through is a very gentle and pretty easy and very quick way to move out of that frozen state, calm the nervous system down so that you can get your brain online, think as clearly as you possibly can, and be as efficient as you possibly can when you are doing whatever project it is that you're having the procrastination around. It's what I think about when I think about writer's block. You know, when you have that empty page, yes, I'm worried about getting the project done, but one, the infinite possibilities of the things I could be putting on the page and just that that fear of getting started too. I think, of course, a lot of that is tied into, well, I'd love to just do it perfectly the first time, you know, and all of that anxiety tied up in in that form of perfectionism. Makes exactly. a lot of sense. So you'll notice with the first questions I'm going to ask you, and that's part of this procrastination buster process, is the first questions are really simple. But I've tried this process since I created it in the session. I was working with Allison. She was like, Laura, I need something. And I was like, okay, great. Let me just tune into what you're needing. And I came up with this, this list of six questions. We tried it out a couple of times with her. She's like, Yep. It's spot on. It really works. So I've been working with the same process over the last week with other clients and depending on the level of scatterbrainedness for some people and, or stress that they're under at the time, some of these super easy questions people falter on. It's a way to sort of gauge how present am I? How mm. stressed am I? Because the more stressed we are, the harder it is to answer really simple questions. So it's not only a, a procrastination buster, it can also be a stressometer. That's really interesting. I feel like we're going to get the baseline for like a lie detector test. <laughs> oh my God, yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, well, let's see how you do with this procrastination buster process. What do you think? Candice, if we go through once with you and we kind of use you as a demo or, or guinea pig, as you said, and then see so listeners can just hear how you do, and then I'll do it a second time through and I'll just ask the questions and then people can do it on their own and just fill in the blanks. I like that idea. Let's do it. So start and you can do it this anywhere. So it's not like you have to sit in a meditation position or even, you know, take a breath. 
You can take a breath, but you can really just kind of launch in. Let's just have you start by taking one breath. We'll give you a little bit of time to get settled. And just fill in the blank here, Candice. My name is? Candace Hoffman. Great. And Candace, how old are you? I'm 39. Great. And tell me three sensations that you can feel in your body right now. Lower back pain. Mm-hmm. Forced breaths. Mm-hmm. Kind of tingling in my fingers and toes. Really good. And as you tune into those three sensations, what do you make those three sensations mean? That I am on the spot. Mm-hmm. And I think a large part of even doing a mindfulness present tool, knowing that I want to get it right. I think mm-hmm. I'm overthinking. Yeah, overthinking or trying really hard to tune in to the right things. Yeah, that's a really great answer. And so what is one small thing that you can do for yourself right now to help yourself out? I can breathe deeply. Sometimes when I am trying really hard to do something, I notice I hold my breath to realize that people don't care if I do this right or wrong. Just pause and take the breath right now. And how about a couple more? Really good, Candice. And how do you feel now? My heart rate feels slower. Mm-hmm. I can feel my breath deepen. Mm-hmm. My chest doesn't feel as tight. Yeah, just a general sense of being more relaxed. Really great. So that whole process took about two minutes. And this may be the kind of exercise, if we had more time now, where you'd want to repeat it. So I checked in with Allison when I wrote the article, and she said that she has been doing the process a couple times through. In the article, I suggest you can do the whole process over again. Let's say you have two minutes. You can do it through once, and you might be like, well, actually, I have another couple minutes. Every time you go through it, you're going to get new information about the sensations in your body and what you're making it mean and how you can help yourself out. You also can just go through the last few steps. Like what is one small thing I can do to help myself out? And then think about yourself doing that or actually doing that and then going, how do I feel now? So you can kind of just do the bottom two, or you can do the whole process over again. And each time you do it, your nervous system is going to downregulate and downregulate and downregulate, which means just like you, like your body did for you, your breath gets slower, your heart rate slows down, you get more calm and you get a different perspective. So as you were talking, you're like, oh, right, maybe I don't need to feel feel like I have to be perfect right here on this podcast. Maybe there is no perfect answer. Maybe people aren't looking for me to be perfect. So you're getting a broadened perspective, which is one way that we know the nervous system is downregulating is your perspective broadens and you can sort of have more self-supportive thoughts instead of self-critical thoughts. I really like that. And I think the two things that I just pulled away just from your explanation are not even doing the action, but just visualizing the small things I can do to help myself right now. How much 
that helps. And it makes me think back to a CLE where they were doing brain scans on empathy and just the incredible power that our brains have that I constantly forget that, but just imagining they were showing in brain scans, imagining something painful is happening to me, trying to empathize my pain centers, you know, are lighting up and the reverse has got to be true, you know, by imagining myself in a more powerful state that there's science to go behind that and how effective that is. The broadening of perspective. I really like that because a lot of times when I'm places and I wasn't, you know, incredibly anxious today, but if I was in a place of anxiety or super concerned about one little thing I'm working on, the brief, the whatever, when I can get into that broadened perspective, you know, I'm one person out of 7 billion. How much does this really matter to anything? That is a much calmer state and it downregulates my expectations. So it's so cool for you to explain that that's what's physiologically happening in me as well. That's right. And you're exactly right about the reverse of those pain receptors is the, the nervous system regulates when you think about doing something just as it does when you're actually doing the positive thing. So there's been research on that and it's pretty amazing that imagining yourself doing something that feels good to you, doing yoga, imagining yourself petting your cat, imagining yourself taking a walk, whatever those things are, that those get you, it's not the exact same thing as doing it, but it does light up the same parts of the brain as if you're doing it just by using your imagination, which is really amazing how powerful our imagination is. That is incredible. I really want to figure out how to imagine myself running a marathon (laughs) to burn that many calories. We're not there yet, but I like where it's going. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. So, so let's go through this and I'll, I'll leave blank spaces so that listeners can, can try it for themselves. So this will take just a couple minutes. The blank spaces are where you, the listener, just fill in your answer. So go ahead and get yourself comfortable and you can do this with your eyes opened or closed, whichever is just more enjoyable or relaxing for you. And start out by saying your name. So what is your name? And how old are you? What are three sensations that you can feel in your body right now? And what do you make these sensations mean? What is one small thing that you can do right now to help yourself out? And how do you feel now? And then take a few breaths just to close the practice. And if you're feeling like you want to do it again, you can just loop through those questions or any of those questions or the whole set again. And then you can either go do that thing that would help you feel better right now, or just keep thinking about doing that thing. And then go back to whatever it is that you were procrastinating on and see if you're a little bit more relaxed, focused, and able to mobilize on that. Thank you for walking us through that practice. You're welcome, Candice. And again, I want to thank Allison for 
coming to my to session and saying, you know, this is what I need and also being willing to share it with other people because I find that what my clients need in session are generally what a lot of us lawyers need. So I always appreciate anyone coming forward and willing to being willing to share their experience. Yeah, I think increasingly so. And the advent, and we all know it, I feel like I'm 800 years old when I say this, but technology, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's too easy to plan your friend's bachelorette, to get your kids grouped together, to organize your briefs and work things. And because it's so easy technologically, we tend to take on more things than I would if I didn't have the technology. Exactly. And in that in that little list, Candice, you didn't actually mention take care of yourself, right? You listed three things for other people. And it's also really easy with technology to be externally focused. Hmm. How can I help other people? What can I do for others? What do I need to get done out there? And then I'll take care of myself versus this is just a one or two minute practice that allows you to turn your, your attention inward and help yourself out so that then you can better help and serve other people. Exactly. And I really love in your article that you said it's a great way to break down in your world into small micro chunks that can help you get oriented. And I love that term micro chunks. One, it sounds like a cereal I would buy. Sounds <laughs> delicious. You can tell I'm hungry. It also reminds me And I've probably mentioned this before, but one of my favorite movies, What About Bob with Bill Murray, Richard Dreyfuss, his therapist in the movie, has that patented technique of baby steps. And we used to use that tongue in cheek in my family when we had big project or too much to do. We would say, you know, baby steps. But is that kind of what we're talking about here when we're talking about micro chunking? Yes, exactly. So we're talking about like micro chunking your thoughts, right? When your brain is spinning, too much is trying to be processed through your mental processor at one time. And so we're doing micro chunking. Okay, first this thought, and then the next thought, and then the next thought. And then you're micro chunking your task list, first A, and then B, and then C. But we also want to micro chunk our, our physical experience because we can be overwhelmed or even flooded with sensations of anxiety, or sometimes even sensations of excitement. Like, I don't know what to do next. I'm excited about everything, or I don't know what to do next. They're all filling me with dread. And so we want to micro chunk out our physical experience, which is why I ask in this set of questions, just three sensations that you can feel in your body right now. And then one small thing, right? Just like the movie, one small baby step that you can take right now that can help yourself out. One thing is not terrifying or overwhelming. What I was actually thinking about when you were explaining that, I saw like an IRAC on a law school exam. And I remember thinking, I don't want to take the time to write out issue, rule, analysis, conclusion. But man, was that essay a lot easier to write when I IRAC'd it and wrote out the outline first. Yes, exactly. That's a perfect example of this. It's like, ah, oh, I don't want to go through all of those steps. But like the movie shows, it's like the baby steps, those little things at a time are actually relaxing to the brain to be able to think of small, easy things that it can do. And it's also relaxing to the nervous system, which gets overwhelmed when we try to multitask because the brain actually can't multitask. It does one thing and then the next thing. And so if we give it little things to think of at once, you know, one thing at a time, it's actually a lot more effective in getting a lot of things done. 
And we got to get a lot of things done. We're busy people. (laughs) That's the world we're living in right now. Yes. Well, thank you so much for this tool. Thank your client for being so generous and sharing it with us. I hope everybody will get to use this in their week. It's a really great time, actually, if you're going into your weekend and you want to sort of close out your week day or your week to do this little process and it can help you to transition out of the mental chatter from your work and into some of the joy of your weekend. That's a great idea. I don't think about that transition as much as I think of Sunday night gearing up. Yeah. Yeah. To gear down. Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you always, Candice. It's great to be here. Thank you. Thank you for joining us at the sidebar. If this is your first time, we encourage you to listen to another episode or two. Subscribe to our newsletter and peruse the resources at www.nclap.org. And if you know a lawyer who could use a hand, please share this episode with them today. Remember, at Sidebar, you are not alone. In fact, you are in quite good company.